Hey everybody, how's it going? It's Narwhals episode 5. Are we on 5 already? We are on 5. This is Kieran giving you the intro just to keep you on your toes. And as always with uh, Drew. Drew, am I pronouncing that? You correctly? are. It's J-R-O-O. Drew. Right. <laughs> uh, so we are going to talk. We kind of had some fun last time. Maybe it was fun talking about some business, some numbers, some money. Uh, I think everyone seemed to kind of appreciate it, uh, if not uh, if not at least uh, be entertained by it. Um, so I think we should continue that a little bit, Drew. I don't know if you if you feel like maybe talking more about the business aspect of things, like how do you how do you set things up legally? Uh, what sort of entities, or uh, what do you do in the in when there's a partnership involved? Are you working with or for other people? Uh, that sounds fun, right? That sounds educational. Yeah, I'd love nothing to get else. My, yeah, my experience on that stuff for sure. And then I think afterwards we'll do a little stargazing, if you will, and talk about some cool tech that we're excited about uh, that you know that we want to see come to fruition in the future and just kind of talk about things that we've seen around so it'll be two very different um topics but we'll we'll merge them together Let's in a very it. unelegant way for <laughs> I'll, I'll be i'll work on the segue right now <laughs> okay i'll figure it out um yeah so setting up uh setting up companies um i've uh that's something that that i think nobody really knows about until you do right um, when you have I to, like f- do it once, yeah, you have to do it once. When I first set up my company, and I mentioned this, mentioned this on the show before, I've n- I had like no uh, mentors or anybody else who'd like had companies that like could coach me through it. My dad had his his own company, but um, I was pretty much on my own when I when I went to do this for the first time. And so I'm like thinking, okay, I want to start like a freelance business. Um, you know, how do I do this? When I was ready to go full time is when I actually decided to like make it a legit business. Before that, everything was on the side. So right. I did like my first paid job when I was like 15 or 16. It was like a, it was a poster for a concert. And then, um, I did it on the side until I decided I was going to go full time. I was working at a print shop at the time. And, uh, and then, um, I decided, yo, I got one client. I'm going to go full time. I didn't really think <laughs> that's, that's all you need. Yeah, I didn't really think that through because once I was done with their job, I was like, oh. <laughs> <Minimum> <laughs> but anyhow, of one. Yeah, yeah. Anyhow, I had to set up a, a company, right? So I'm like, all right, so what do I do? And bear in mind, I didn't even know what the Silicon Valley was or anything like that. VCs never heard the term. Um, so I'm like, all right, I guess I got to get a business license. So I like researched um, how to get a business license. I went down to like the the city center, the city civic center or whatever it's called and went down and <laughs> waited in line and asked for a business <laughs> license and got one. One business license, please. Yeah. One business license, please. Uh, and anyhow, so I got one and, um, and I wanted to do things right. So I also paid, um, for a tax person when I was going to go out on my own and I paid for some legal stuff. Um, I didn't like have any money, so I'm like literally dumping all my money into these two things. You were like 16, 17 when you were doing this? No, I was, uh, I was 20. I was oh, 20. Okay. This is still like, I'm, I'm still like impressed that you even thought through all these different things, right? Like even <laughs> when I was starting, I didn't, I didn't even think through like the first part of that, let alone the, the legal and the, the whatever else that you were dumping money on the table for. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I just like, I just didn't like know what to do. I wanted to make sure things were legit. So the lawyer thing, I was talking to them and I just decided not to go with that. Cause I was like, you know what? Oh my gosh, it's going to be so much expense. So expensive when I, when they told me how much it would be, I was like, yeah, there's no way I could do that. <laughs> like, even if I wanted to, right. um, and the tax thing, kind of the same deal. I was like, oh my gosh, like I would be spending like all the money I make 
on them doing my books. So I'm like, yeah, not going to happen. Um, so, so those two things didn't end up happening, but at least I looked into them and I got like a consultation with them. Um, but anyhow, I got my business license and I, like I said, I put an ad in the yellow pages. I wanted to be the best. So I put the, I put a full color ad. It was the biggest one in the design section and long story short, short, never got a call, a single call from the yellow pages. Not one. Not one. Um, it was in the San Diego. So it's, you know, it's like a big yellow pages. Um, I spent like, I think I spent, oh man, I don't know, like $3,000 or something. It was like literally all Holy my money. Cow. It was like all my money. And, um, and the only call I got was at the, right before it was going to expire that year, someone called and asked if I was hiring and that was it. And it was like a two second conversation. Um, so, you know, obviously a lot of mistakes were made. Didn't really know how to set a business, what kind of business I was getting into. I didn't even know what was required, what wasn't. But, you know, I just winged it. I was like, okay, I guess I'm good. Now I got my business license. And I was like, where's wait. The, now, where's the business? Yeah, I'm like, where am I going to display on, business. this? I mean, business licenses are for, you know, retail uh, retail uh, 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 companies. Hanging on the so, wall somewhere. So I started off as a sole proprietorship, which I suggest everyone do. Like, don't bother going LLC or or S-Corp or C-Corp or anything like that. Just start off if you're doing freelance as a sole proprietor. You know, obviously, this is, everything I'm talking about here is in the U.S. Um, so if you're not in the U.S., I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sure and there's mostly, something else. And mostly California, right? Because it's it's depends on state, right? So it's a various uh, fees well, like, and uh, whatever else. Yeah, different fees, different fees, but um, sole proprietorships, S-Corps, C-Corps are in every state. but um, and, and they have those in like Canada and other countries, but... Um, uh, sole proprietorship is essentially just saying I'm me and I have a business. You're not setting up a legal entity like a corporation that separates you from the business. So a corporation essentially is treated as a human being, right? So if you have a corporation, like if you have a S corp or a C corp, or if you have an LLC limited liability corporation, it essentially is its own entity. Uh, the government sees it as a thing, like a person to bill, right? It's, you could think of it as a human and so you never actually are the company. You just work for your company, right? So when you're an LLC and S corp, you just work for your company. If you if you name yourself the CEO, the president, whatever you name yourself, who cares? Right. Uh, you essentially are an employee of the company. So every corporation has at least one employee, and that's the person who started it. Whereas a sole proprietorship is just it's you and as an individual are taxed, but you have this DBA, a doing business as you have this other name you can go by. So when people write you checks. You can have them write it to Drew's Cool Freelance Business instead <laughs> that, of that's your starting name. Yeah, instead of Drew Wilson, um, so that way you can have you know a different name on checks. So anyhow, so can you still and can you still separate as a sole proprietorship? Can you still go get like a tax ID to separate nope, that out, or you nope, still operate nope. as your your social? You operate under your social. Yeah, there's that's uh, tax ID is only for corporations and stuff. Um, so, so I did my first company as a sole proprietorship, and it's amazing because. You don't have to worry about any legal stuff whatsoever. Now, the benefit of a corporation is that if you get sued, the corporation gets sued, and you personally aren't held responsible unless uh, they are able to do that to you. But the whole idea of a corporation is you have this liability that's you're not liable for it. The corporation is right. So if they want to take your, if someone sues you, wants to take your assets, they take the corporation's assets, not you. And of course, there's situations where someone might be able to sue you personally if you personally did something to them, but. Right. And uh, you don't have that you don't necessarily have that liability coverage if you're a sole proprietor. Yeah, you don't. Someone so can if, come take your house. If, if they, they come if they want to come after you, they come after, you know, Drew's cool freelance business, which is you, right? It's under your social security number, it's it's you. So 
Uh, anyhow, but it's great because you don't have to worry about meeting minutes and all these other legal hoops you have to jump through for corporations. Um, you don't have any extra yearly fees, uh, stuff like that, that most corporations in most states, uh, have to, uh, pay out and stuff like that. Um, there are obviously benefits to corporations. That's why people do them. Um, for instance, uh, uh, tax for tax reasons, it could be beneficial to have a corporation, uh, but it depends on how much money you're making. So it may not be beneficial for you. But anyhow, I started off on a sole proprietorship, did that whole thing, and when I wanted to do my first like startup company, I was like, you know what, man, I need a corporation because I read a bunch of blog posts. Everybody needs a corporation. So actually, no, I take the back. I started my first corporation because. I was going to make a bunch of apps. It wasn't necessarily I wanted funding. So I was just going to make a bunch of apps, and I wanted to have partners. So I, right. I wanted to separate it out for myself. So I got to say, man, I freaking, I don't know, I hate this whole side, the business side. I just absolutely hate it, right? Right, I agree. It's the worst in the world for me. I just I don't even want to spend a single brain cycle on it. I just want it to be on you know, autopilot, and I never have to deal with it. But that is not the case. If you start a corporation... You are going to have to spend time on this kind of stuff. So it really kind of sucks. Whereas a sole proprietorship, you don't. So I've at one point I had five corporations at one time of my own or that I was a partner of. And um, it gets kind of insane. And uh, I, have, I have closed down. I have dissolved companies. Um, I've dissolved three or four companies before. So obviously... Not everything I've done has been successful. <laughs> but my first company that I made was called Valio. And I had Firerift, which was a CMS I was selling out of there. I did Quixly. I did Build It With Me. I did a handful of apps under Valio. And I also made this thing called ValioCon, which is, uh, it was Valio Conference. It was a conference I decided I wanted to do. And so uh, as of last year, I dissolved Valio finally, or maybe it was two years ago. Um, but I still like have all these, you know, the IRS sends me, oh, you owe us this money for that little thing. You forgot to turn in this form and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. You know, but I hire a tax guy at the end of the year to do all this stuff. But, you know, there's things that get missed and um, things that, you know, they'll mail me that they won't mail them. And I just never check my mail. So anyhow, it's just it's like a never anything. And finally, I don't get anything about that company anymore. Thank goodness, because it's just a money drain. I mean, I literally lost tens of thousands of dollars on um, on starting a company that, you know, wasn't successful you know, uh, being a corporation. When you're a sole proprietorship, you really don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Right. Um, so Valio I dissolved, and, and ValioCon now is a separate thing. It's a partnership between Matt and myself. So it's more like a sole proprietorship, uh, but it's called, a, it's called a partnership, and it's not under any uh, legal entity like an LLC or anything like that. It's just us two splitting things down the middle. And so it works out great because we don't have to worry about any of that kind of stuff. Um, so... That's another way to go. If you're going to partner with somebody 50-50, you can do that. Uh, if you want to like eventually take on funding, I would not suggest doing that. I would suggest setting up uh, an LLC or something just to show people that you're a little more serious. Right. Um, but the, it's, if you're setting this up by yourself and it's your first or second or third time, you're really not going to know how, how the VCs want it, especially if you've never done, uh, taken money before. So you're going to get your company restructured if you take on uh, uh, venture funding. Uh, they're going to want to restructure your company, most likely. Um, and then uh, you will essentially will start over from scratch with your equity that you once had, and you will become vesting for four years. So you won't, every year you get a certain amount of percentage. Like, so say you take on VC funding and they, they take 30% and you keep 70%, right? Now, of course, you'd have partners, but for, for simplicity, we'll say you keep 70%. Essentially, that's all taken away from you. And then they 
and then you vest over four years. Investing means uh, it's a period of time where you get your equity given to you based on um, like a, a, a time scale, right? So every year you get, you know, 20 to 23%, whatever, uh, 70 divided by four is. Um, so every year you would get this percentage until the end of the four years, and then you're fully vested. You, you have your 70%. The reason they do this is because they want you to stay in the business. They don't want you right. to bail. Um, and sometimes you'll see the, they'll throw in like a cliff, like for a one-year cliff where it's not until your second year do you even start vesting anything. Exactly. Yep. And so it's not really the hugest deal to try to worry about setting up your company, if you're, even if you want to get funding, because they're probably going to totally restructure your company from scratch anyways. Right. Um, unless so it sounds you, like... So it sounds like based on what you're saying, at least like the your primary drive or motivator to to look into forming a company, an, an LLC, I think in, in the case you said, was the fact that you wanted to have partnerships, the fact that and if you wanted to employ people at some point, exactly. that would be a perfect opportunity. You know, I had high hopes. Reason. I had right. high hopes. So <laughs> it's good to have high hopes. Yeah, I wanted to have employees and all this kind of stuff. So I was like, high legal I, hopes. Yeah, I just give myself a corporation. They don't have to worry about it down the line. And um you know, which in reality, it's up to you. I mean, you could just be a sole proprietor the whole time until you actually need to be a corporation. Then you could change to be a corporation. Right. So I've found like for me, rather not necessarily that I wanted to ever get funded personally or that I wanted to go um, partnerships or employees wasn't wasn't the thing that was on, on my top of, top of my list. But for me, the one thing that was the one motivator that was always kind of pushing me towards uh, maybe I should look into get, forming an LLC was always just the liability, like the the second L there yep. uh, was always the kind of the pusher for me in that I I may, was maybe overly paranoid about things that I was putting out, but I was like, what if I'm, I mean, I'm I'm pulling together like terms and conditions from uh, like open source things and kind of uh, hacking together and piecing together things and for certain apps, and it's like that would actually be super helpful, I think, just to to rest a little more easy. I granted things I was doing weren't things that were going to weren't things that were like. Uh, walking the line between, you know, questionable privacy or, or anything like that. It was just kind of a, a peace of mind thing. I don't know how, how many other people are like that or if I was just, you know, kind of paranoid. But I, I do feel like in addition to uh, wanting to, to go get funding at some point or feeling like you might need to hire an employee at some point, the whole risk side of things can also be a, uh, a motivator to, to go form a, an entity beyond a sole proprietorship. Yeah, totally. Yeah, no, I totally agree, and, and that's what it's there for. It's there to give you that protection. It's the whole reason they're designed uh, and 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 created. So, I don't know. I would say that like, if you want to focus on like building and not worry about the administrative stuff, by all means. Like, I know most people don't take everyone's advice; they have to go through it themselves. But if you're the kind of person that takes advice, um, I would just not get a corporation and don't deal with any of that stuff until you literally need to not tell you want to or you think you'll need to mm -hmm. until you literally need to tell people like yo go do this i want to be your employee or it's like yo go do this we've got a huge check we want to give you like until that happens i wouldn't worry about it unless like you said and this has happened to me before too it's like unless you're doing something where it's like you know what i really need this extra protection because what i'm doing might kind of be crazy um then i would definitely go get it and and most people if you if you consult with tax consultant most people will tell you that an s corp uh, in the U.S. is better. It's it's got all the benefits of a of a C corporation, um, but it's it's a, it's called a small corporation. It's for it also has the benefits of an LLC. So, anyhow, look into that if you need to. But 
I would keep things simple. Just keep them simple. Like from my experience, I've had so many companies. I've started so many companies. Um, I would just, I would just keep it simple. Like, and that's I'm definitely taking my advice from now. And I have this company called Deo, uh, which I run everything that I do through now. Um, but, uh, but yeah, if you're if you're if you just want to build an app or start out doing something, just you know, just do it under your own name, unless you. You know, unless you want that protection, unless you feel like you need that protection, it's just so much easier to do it uh, right. as a sole proprietor or as a or as a straight up partnership. Right, and so. it gets and it gets super complicated when you start getting into uh, having looked into this too on several several occasions. Like when you go to form an LLC, it's like there's this whole issue of where do you uh, where do you host it? Like which state do you do it in the state that you live in? And then like I know California, uh, it's a significant fee right it's a year annual fee of like 800 bucks or something yeah. to run an llc back in colorado it was like 40 bucks and uh, some places it's it's no fee like Florida, right yeah some places yeah some places it's free and then yeah and then there's the whole like um piercing the veil thing that they say you should if you're going to form an llc you should go do it in delaware or you should do it in what nevada right where it's like those states are known to be like more uh, friendly in terms of uh, if if a court were ever to try to actually what, what they call piercing the veil, I think, which is where you the court is still going to to uh, breach into the LLC and still hold the individual people uh, mm-hmm. liable. Like they can do that if there's enough evidence and enough reason to. Yeah. Uh, but like Delaware and Nevada as a state are more uh, are super uh, in favor of the the companies instead. So it's. Uh, it gets super complicated once you actually start looking into this. Cause then to do that, you actually have like a, you have to have a representative in that state. You can't just say, I'm, I live in California and I'm, I'm forming my LLC in, in Nevada. You actually have, have to have like a rep on file who lives in Nevada, which there are people who do that like for hire. Um, so Crazy. yeah, if you decide that that's the, the route you have to take, uh, to your point, do it when you have to do it. And two, Find people who know what they're talking about. Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> get get advice. It is it is complicated. Yeah, you can play the you can play the I'm just going to wing a game like I did, and literally, I'm not kidding. I have tens of thousands of dollars have gone into you know mistakes made. I really don't care that I've lost that much money because for me it was fantastic. It was a learning experience, right? I mean, it's annoying when those bills come in, but um, honestly, I don't care because now I know for sure like how to, how I will set things up. Um, but I was going to say like if you're going to set things up. Um, I've always used LegalZoom in the past because that's yep. the only one I ever knew of because I do not want to fill out forms. I never do. So right. I don't care how much it costs. I just pay LegalZoom, and it's really not that bad. It's Yeah, it's reasonably affordable. And I think they actually do the, that whole uh, representative thing for you. Like if you yeah. said, I for, form this and form it in Nevada, they'll say, cool, we have here's 10 yeah. different reps yep, that they we have in Nevada reps, or yeah. whatever. I, I always form my stuff in California because I like California. I want to help. And I want to pay taxes. I mean, like I actually desire to pay taxes to them because <laughs> help them out a little bit. Well, yeah, and I, I just, I don't know, I just love California. But um, same with the U.S. I have the, I have the um, bent of I would love to pay taxes to the federal government because there's so many cool programs that they have to help people and all that kind of jazz. I don't mind paying, right? Um, but there was another, uh, there was another um, service that I used for a company that I haven't launched yet called. Uh, well, not what the company is called, but the service that I use is called Clerky, uh, C-L-E-R-K-Y. I don't even know if I'm spelling it because it's going to be on the show notes. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but Clerky is cool. Uh, it's basically like LegalZoom, except you know targeted towards startups. It is a startup, and um, 
they incorporate you for 99 bucks, um, which I think is the same price as LegalZoom. LegalZoom have all these bajillions of upsells and stuff like that. They're just retarded. Yeah. Like, we'll send you copies, two copies of your I'll documents you for $10 with, more. I'll send you a binder with a stamp. So, <laughs> so dumb. A so sticker, dumb. too. Yeah, who wants that stuff? Anyways, um, uh, this is like a way more stripped down, like, they know startups kind of deal. And it stuff. seems pretty good. You've, yeah, you've we, we used them. I've used them in my latest need, and uh, they were great. Super mm. fast, super cool. But anyhow, check that out, Clerk, if you want to go down that road. Could you um, spell that again for me? No, <laughs> no, no, don't, don't spell no. it. No. Um, uh, yeah, so that's, that's how I've set up companies in the past and what's worked for me and what hasn't. Um, yeah, so... Do what you will, but I would just keep it as simple as possible. Keep it simple until you have to. Until yeah, until when you have to to get advice, get some help. Yeah, for sure. It can get tricky. Don't be dumb like me. (laughs) Let's let's change subject. Let's do a a total reversal and talk about. Let's you you said stargazing. Let's do that. What's uh, what's cool? What's what's going on? What are you looking forward to right now? Man, there was so much stuff. So. One of the things that's popping into my mind right now uh, was a TED Talk I watched just recently. Um, man, I'm totally forgetting who did it. I can look as I'm typing. but Is Ted um, something? His name was Ted uh, Tedderson. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but this, uh, this guy was talking about how he's excited about the future of learning. Sorry, I'm like trying to find it while I'm talking. This is probably a terrible experience for everyone listening. But... Um, so essentially, the way that we learn right now is through our eyeballs, right? Everything is visual. Uh, if, obviously, if you're blind, you, you learn everything through touch and hearing and, and smell and everything else, right? But we learn it, for most people, everything's visual. Um, and so like when you're, when you're reading a textbook, when you're uh, watching a training program or in person watching a training program, everything is visual. That's how you learn stuff. And a lot of times... It's unnecessary, right? So if you think about reading a book, there's no reason that has to be visual, right? Because you're just sitting there still. You know what I mean? It's, it's not like it needs to be visual because it's not like you're jumping through hoops, right? You know what I mean? Okay. Um, there's no moral danger. <laughs> there's no reason to be using your eyeballs. <laughs> Quick, use your eyes. Yes. So, I mean, of course, you could do audiobooks like a lot of people do, and they listen to, to audiobooks, right? And you can do everything else because you're, you're not using your eyes and... Um, you just can't do anything that requires hearing. <laughs> so what these people are talking about is um, when you read or when you take in visual stimulation, there's certain parts of your brain that are activated and that process that information and then, then record that into your memory bank somewhere. And um, when we learn stuff, it's not only visual. Like if we're reading stuff, there's also other stimulus happening that's also helping us learn right right um so what they want to smell is huge yeah what they want to do is they want to take and turn it into a pill yeah embed information into a pill and you swallow you ingest the pill what and when you ingest this pill it goes and stimulates your brain in the same way it would if you were reading the sentence right so if you think of it like the matrix right when they stab them in the back of their neck with that spike uh, the idea is that it's <laughs> this it's, is like that. Yeah, it's it's using electrical charges and stimulating their brain in certain spots to teach them 
whatever. So right? wait, I don't get it. You don't. It's not like you actually digest the information that you would have otherwise read. It's yes. just that you. No, you do. The, the act of the the act of reading is similar and mimicked by this pill. No, you actually ingest. Uh, you ingest a pill, and so what the pill would be made of. I mean, they don't say this, but I mean, it's 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 fairly simple to to connect the dots. So, what would happen is the pill would be ingested, and it would send electrical signals uh, through the nervous system, most likely because that goes right to the brain, and it would trigger uh, electrical impulses in the correct spots of the brain, um, or maybe they would attach it to some you know harmless virus or something to send it up there. However they do it, the idea is that yeah, the, information, yeah, the information will get passed up to your brain and electrically stimulated in the right areas, in the right, in the right stimulation to basically do exactly what you know, the reading did to you. So they wouldn't necessarily need to mimic reading, visual stimulation. They can do it in a different way. Basically, they'll just need to figure out how to store memories. How to, how to like transmit like data, how to transmit info. Like I can, I guess I can comprehend the the uh, like mimicking the stimulation that is that is that occurs when you read something or you like ingest something through your eyes as you're mm-hmm. scanning uh, words. Mm-hmm. Like I can, I can fathom that. I cannot fathom like the delivery of a of a informational payload at the same time. Like, like let me like well, the matrix. Like, like, literally, like I know kung fu. Dude, if you touch something, that pressure that you're feeling on your fingers, that is getting sent through your nerves as an electrical impulse up to your brain. Right, for sure. So if they can figure out... But like uh, comprehending the narrative of like t- Tale of Two Cities is very different than like touching something. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess... I don't know what they would start with, right? But right. you could... For instance, if you wanted to learn what a punch to the face felt like... <laughs> they could do that. They, they could, could do, do that, that pretty easily. easily, right? I could do that pretty easily too. Just, uh, <laughs> just give me your number. No, I mean, there's other things that, you know, that they could, they could, uh, they could train you. For instance, if they figured out where muscle memory is stored and how it's stored, if they can dissect uh, memories in that sense, once they can dissect memories and figure out what they electrically look like, then you can duplicate and replicate those. They do the exact same thing with DNA right now. Mm -hmm. Like, as a matter of fact, just a few weeks ago in La Jolla, back, you know, where you're from and where I was from. I mean, I'm up in Washington for a year, but yeah, it's um, great. It's great, right? It's great down here. Yeah, by the way. it is. It is amazing down there. Um, uh, they just added two new chemicals to DNA. So D- DNA is made up of, of four chemicals right now. Well, for everything that lives, everything biological, um, and they added two new ones. They call them X and Y, and they were able to add them to the DNA helix, double helix, the chain. And then when the little replicators come over and they duplicate, they basically the way it works uh, when a cell splits is before the cell splits, the DNA gets split into by this, these little machines inside your cells. They go and they slice it down the middle and then the other strand, they're separated and then they reformed into another double helix. So you have two copies and then the cell splits off and now you have a copy in one or the other. And usually there's mis- mistakes, not usually I should say, there hardly ever is mistakes. But when there is, that's a mutation and that's how things evolve. So anyhow, they're able to store these new chemicals on DNA, X and Y, and then when they split, the little replicator machine actually replicated them. And so now they're able to, they don't, they don't do anything right now, um, but now they have to figure out how to make, you know, add in uh, the correct encoding on the DNA, like where, basically where to put it on the DNA strand to make 
proteins, right? Because that's what DNA is all about, is it makes proteins. Mm-hmm. Um, and to make different kinds of proteins that do different things. Um, so basically, it's like a, instead of having to manipulate current DNA, you can add things onto it, right? So it's a, it's a blank slate instead of trying to ma- manipulate what's already there. So it's pretty radical and will have a lot of uh, implica- implications um, in the near future. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's like a it's a wide open landscape that's slightly terrifying at the same time as being like really really fascinating. Yeah, right. Like any genetic ma- manipulation. I was reading even just a story earlier this week. I think where they're talking about some protein uh, where if they genetically it was in you know mice that if they genetically removed or limited this specific protein uh, that they would the the mice lived longer. Like they're they're uh, age-related like illnesses and like degenerations yeah decreased like significantly it's like yep. imagine what that's going to be and how is that going to affect like our general overpopulation issue and uh food shortage and energy shortage yeah and- that protein starts with an f i'm totally forgetting the name right now um but uh it's- old fogey i think it's old fogey <laughs> old fogey old fogey yeah. protein <laughs> that's what, that's no but they it find is. it they there's a great ted talk on that uh, there's a couple of them on that same subject and one of them is um uh, a, sci- uh, a scientist, dude, forgetting his name right now, but he went to different um, cultures and, and small groups of people around the world to try to find out who's living the longest and why. Mm-hmm. And they all have this gene that you're talking about. And so this gene doesn't actually do anything. It actually is like a manager gene, and it, it, it decides which proteins can do what at which times. And so it basically decides, like, when, all right, proteins start dying off now, this person's getting older, right? This is essentially what it starts doing. When things, are, when things are getting too old, it'll start killing things off. Right. And so these people, this gene, it's the Foxconn. Yeah, Foxconn gene. When, when it, uh, in these people, it, it doesn't do that. Uh, it doesn't act in that way for these people, and it doesn't start killing things off as fastly. Or as quickly, um, so they end up living longer. Now, there's, uh, there's other reasons why they live longer too, but that's one of the major genetic contributors to why they why they are living longer because that it's uh, it's not as hyperactive as it is in most people, um, and that's mm. that same thing in the in the mouse study that you're talking about too. But this it's wild because like over the last like four years, this is like what I spent all my time doing. So I have so into this kind of stuff, and I. Have for, <laughs> forever wanted to start a blog on it but i don't even blog about my job or anything it's like <laughs> just so bad at writing like i it's not like i write poorly it's just that i'm so bad at taking the time to write you know what i mean like for it, sure it takes so much time like if you want to write a long article it takes all day and um i don't have that kind of time i have too much stuff i'm doing yep yeah but yeah, I, that's wild stuff that's why i built rune my blogging platform because i wanted to start blogging I'm like if i Build a whole platform. I'm going to blog. And I did, <laughs> it's not, I did like it's not even signing up for an account for someone else's yeah. service. It's if I build my own platform, yeah. that should be the, the motivation. It, yeah, I thought it would be, and, and I've written like six blog posts. But um, at some point, I will. I own, or I don't own, I have the, the Rune uh, domain science. So um, if you go to science.rune.io, you will see nothing, but that's mine because <laughs> I wanted to blog about science. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it'll be maybe at some point. It'll be insane. So, huh? But yeah, I'm That's excited crazy. about that. Like, uh, to go back to it about being able to ingest pills to learn stuff. I mean, I don't think that's going to happen. Maybe even my lifetime. Maybe who knows? But um, 
It'd be pretty rad with things like the Matrix. And I'm so jealous of people who are going to be born 100, 200 years from now. I really wish I was born 100 and 200 years from now because at that time, people ain't going to die. You know what I'm saying? They're going to live for thousands of years. So, as long as we figure out how to like cryogenically freeze people and bring them well, back. Well, it's not even that. You, with, you move from now to then. We'll just you, we'll you move you from the one. You move from one body to the next. Oh, I see. Keep your keep your brain moving. Yeah, you keep your brain moving. Which is, I don't know, it's kind of weird when you think about it because people always talk about that, like, you know, uh, in this in this kind of field, they talk about um, keeping people alive forever. There's no way the human body can stay alive forever because it's built, it's designed to die and to decay. Right. Um, so you can, yeah, so you can only sustain that for so long. You can get people to live, they think, like 150 years or something. But at some point... Uh, you know, because you replace all your organs with the artificial ones, but then you know your skin's going to decay. How are you going to replace your skin? You know what I mean? Like you could do different things to keep it uh, nice, but genetically you're designed to die, so there's really no way around it. Um, so the idea is that you would move your consciousness from one, you know, body to the next, not necessarily to another fleshly body, but maybe to, you know, a cyborg or a robot or a computer. A computer. However, you know, which. Might not be as enjoyable <laughs> to, to have that, <laughs> but it doesn't sound that great. It doesn't sound that great. But if it's your only option, I would pick it. Um, but I don't think I would. You wouldn't. You no just want to go away forever. Yeah, no. I'll go away forever. No way, man. I would. It's, it's too it's many apps good, uh, I want to build. <laughs> <laughs> I got to do too much stuff I want to do. No, not apps. I, would, I don't know. There's just there's just so much cool stuff that you can stick around and experience. But um, but if you think about it, like. Because people talk about like moving your consciousness from one to the next, but I I think about this all the time. And for instance, like one way to do it, uh, one way to move consciousness that they've been talking a lot about recently is is in tele- teleportation because they're starting to be able to teleport matter from one place to the next. Um, there's a whole science behind it it's called quantum physics, and it's called quantum entanglement and a two strict particles string theory. Two, well, no, that's string theory. But two particles are entangled, meaning they are. Man, I don't really want to go into this because I know most people aren't going to be interested. So, anyway, so they've already stopped listening. It's just, it's just you sorry. and me. Now. Just sorry, keep going. I'm trying to, <laughs> trying to hold back. But um, <laughs> so anyhow, uh, the idea is that you could teleport matter from one spot to the next, right? That's pretty common. Did they do it in Star Trek? But if you imagine the Star Trek example, right? So you imagine like someone being totally disintegrated and then reassembled somewhere else. When you disintegrate matter, you're literally ripping apart the molecules, which are atoms stuck together. You're ripping apart the individual atoms, and then you're even ripping that apart further, ripping the electrons off the atoms uh, or off the, you know, the nuclei, and, and now it's no longer an atom, and then reassembling it uh, somewhere else. So if you're totally destroying everybody all the way down to the molecular level, um, you're basically killing them, right? Because your heart's being ripped apart. <laughs> and your brain's sounds, being yeah, totally like ripped apart. And if your brain, if everything's stored electrically um, and not physically written into the brain tissue, right? If it's not etched into the brain tissue, if it's stored electrically, uh, obviously your electricity never goes away until you die because that's how you wake up in the morning. You have electricity continually flowing through you. Uh, if it's stored electrically and then all of a sudden that is all ripped apart, the electrons are ripped off the atoms, that electrical information is gone. You know, it's gone. So what they would have to do is they have to map everything before they rip you apart. They have to say, this is exactly where everything goes. Put these electrons back how they were on this atom and that atom and all this kind of stuff. And then when they reassemble you, they could reassemble you how you were. But however, 
you may come back and, for instance, if that happened to me, Kieran might think, oh, this new body, that's Drew. He's talking to me like <laughs> Drew. He's Drew. He's totally Drew. And He's this making body, the voices and everything. This body remembers everything, totally remembers everything. But however, with the version that was disintegrated, would that person go away forever? Right. That whole concept of the soul, <laughs> how does yeah. that play into things? Like I think that person would totally go away. Like me, the person talking right now, would never wake up again. However, sure. however, there would be this other being that is me, thinks it's me, has all my memories, would wake up, continue to be like me. Nobody else would know the difference right? unless they understand this philosophy. Uh, but yeah. however, I would cease to exist. So, I, don't think we, I don't think we understand what a soul is in, yeah, no, any, in any fathom of, of our imagination. Yeah to, yeah, to assume that we are not just a uh, – we're, we're just a collection of like memories and uh, blood pumping through us and electrical current pumping through us is – I think is ridiculous. Like there's so much more that we don't comprehend. There's, yeah, there's so much more that we don't comprehend. But from what we can tell and what we can see – uh, with our current technology, that's that's all that we are. However, I think people often like overlook the fact that you know we can't sense everything. We can't even sense magnetism. We have no receptors in our entire body for magnetism, and right. it is all over the planet Earth. We see right? a very small visible spectrum. Yes, other animals have evolved to sense it and be able to use it, like birds and dogs. However, we can't. We don't have any senses for it, and that's something that's like all over you know what i mean it's in every planet every star it's everywhere so uh it's kind of you know we're obviously pretty puny in the fact that we can't even sense that so what makes us think that we could sense all the dimensions that are for instance in quantum physics like all these extra dimensions um that we have no receptors for we have we have no way to see them like this stuff called dark matter and dark energy that populates you know even more space than our kind of matter does um it's even more abundant we have no way to perceive it like it literally the 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 particles that make up dark matter and dark energy this is all theoretical but this is what they've observed is that um they fly through us because they're so small that they don't even they rarely rarely interact with atoms and mm-hmm. there's this big big huge underground um uh experiment going on not the LHC but this one in Japan where it's a giant silo that goes like like 3000 miles into the ground or something no, that's as far as we dug. I don't know. It's like super far, like a thousand miles under the ground. And they're trying to detect these these little um, dark matter stuff. They're trying to get them to collide with, you know, matter atoms to see what happens. But uh, they haven't been successful so far. Yeah, isn't like dark, isn't dark matter, don't, doesn't it only really exist in quotes, air quotes, because yeah. we think it has to? Like it's to like, prove it's like the rest wind. of our theories, right? It has to exist. Like it had just to... Well, yes, to prove certain theories, right, right. So it's like wind back in the day. Like nobody knew what wind was. They could see the effects of it. Right. Yeah, that's exactly. We measure it because we see the things it affects. Exactly. So so dark matter, the idea is that um, so there's dark energy and there's dark matter. And so the fact that everything in the universe is pushing away from each other at an ever-increasing rate, there's got to be some energy doing that. So that's what they think it is. And they think that it's, it is the one that's expanding and therefore pushing everything else. And so if that were to be the case, it would have to interact with normal matter in some way. Right. Um, so they're trying, to, they're trying to experiment with that and try to figure out how it does interact and you know, how it can push stuff away. So This, this stuff, uh, to, this is my genetic man- manipulation for you. This is like, this stuff fascinates me, like the actual, just all stuff space actually. Any uh, exploration or any uh, sciences that we can't comprehend is that is that equal part like uh terrifying and fascinating where 
uh, it's like watching a sci-fi movie. It's like watching an alien or something where, uh, at what point are we going to get to, get to a, a place in civilization where our technology enables us to do certain things that we can in no way fathom, right? Like we're going to get to a point where it's like, we can do this. We can get to here. We can go through this wormhole. We can do whatever, but we have absolutely no idea like what's on the other side, how it's going to interact with us, how this is going to going to impact uh, time and space and uh, in matter and existence and uh, like that stuff is is crazy fascinating. Oh, it's, it's that's what that's what that's one thing that uh, I've been reading a bunch about the past like week or two is the M drive. Have you heard of that? The M drive? Yeah, the EM drive where it's it's some uh, I think it's a British scientist concept where it's like it's for for space travel, it's for generating thrust. Um but it's like fundamentally fundamentally uh against all our all our beliefs. Uh, Is it the one that creates the envelope? It's like no, it like it? it like bounces and NASA actually when it, it bounces like um microwaves like really quickly within a small confined oh the one that nasa just tested and confirmed that it <laughs> yeah. works on a small scale yeah yeah, yeah, yeah I saw so that one. some like chinese university took yeah. it built it and said this is totally legit and then nasa finally like chimed in and said okay we built like a super small test and actually this works somehow even yeah though and they're like if, we could go to the next <laughs> yeah. star in 70 years i think they said yeah even it. even though it invalidates yeah. every like law of conservation of momentum because yeah. it's like this thrust is coming out of nowhere yep um yeah, but it, yeah, like you're saying, it could get us. They say it could get us to Mars uh, in weeks, as opposed to yeah, you know nine, nine, nine months. months. I think they said three weeks instead of nine months or something like that. Yeah, you don't have to worry about and lugging around this massive fuel source either, because it it doesn't. You don't need gas. You don't need you don't need to to create this thrust. It's like yeah. that's insane. Like, is that a major leap forward that we're going to see in our lifetime? Like yeah. interstellar uh, space travel. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm so stoked for the future. I'm so stoked for the future. That's why I say I wish I was born like 100 or 200 years from now because when like right now we're like we're like in the 1400s, you know, like people are just discovering stuff. They they have all these uh beliefs that are built upon literally nothing, superstition, and um and they're all being torn down. At that time people were dying for it. These days we're a little more civilized. People aren't necessarily dying uh for <laughs> new discoveries. Uh most countries in the world encourage that there are those that do not um but um uh it's 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 a fantastic time to be in and in the future a lot of these superstitions and ideas about how the world works that are completely untested and 100% like this is just how i think it should be uh will go away because of the fact that you will now be able to test this stuff and see if that stuff is real and um there's always going to be unanswered questions 100% because we'll it's going to take you know an eternity to know everything because there will always be more questions. But um, right. it'll be so fantastic when a lot of that stuff has gone away. And I feel like people will be more on the same page. Like, for instance, what's happening in Iraq, Iraq right now is just ridiculous. I mean, these, these, uh, these communities all live in the same country. They're all a part of this, like, um, they're all part of Islam, right? The suit, the, or the, the, Oh man, I'm gonna totally butcher it. Um, the Sunni and the Shiites—they're all a part of the same overarching religion. However, they are all different sects of it, and they all have their very different um, beliefs. Now, right. to them, it's very different. To most people, it's not very different, right? But those differences are so different enough for them that they want to kill each other over them. And 
it's absolutely ridiculous because none of those things they believe in are founded in anything other than desire for them to be real. So, and yet they're killing each other over it. And I, I can't wait for the day that all that goes away and that people are able to, uh, I don't know, like live in, in, in much better harmony because there's, there's not these wars going on for that reason. I mean, there's always going to be wars for other reasons, but if we can get rid of a whole sect of wars, that would be fantastic, I think. But, right, and hopefully that sort of change can be brought on by discovery. Hopefully, you know, uh, intelligence or uh, knowledge, gained knowledge is a significant, is enough of a catalyst to, to actually change something like that. Yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah, and, and I'm seeing it now, and, and it's, I don't know, it's, it's encouraging, it's cool, it's so fun to be, like, at the forefront at the same time. I really wish I was kind of, like, towards the end, <laughs> because <laughs> then you could get all these amazing uh, technological advances, like, bam, right for you, you can partake. Like, if, for instance, if your heart was going to fail, it wouldn't be, like, a rare thing to get a new one, you know what I mean? Like, you could have that uh, much more readily available, um, you know, and then also on the technology side, it'd just be cool to see you know, what we can do at that time, like uh, what's possible. And of yeah. course, you know, people are going to say that there's always the bad things that come by, you know, big brother and all this other kind of stuff. And of course that stuff is going to happen. And I'm, I'm sure it'll work itself out, but um, you know, maybe it won't, who knows, but obviously you can't spend all your time worrying or nothing's going to get, nothing's going to get done. So it's better yeah, the, to push the, forward. The point of stargazing is not to worry. Yes. Indeed. 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 So, Man, we should do this that every was, time. Yeah, yeah, the second half of that uh, episode was really, really fun. Uh, hopefully other people think it's fun. Yeah. Yeah, maybe we'll do it more often. Um, but you know what? It's been a while, and uh, I think everyone else wants to bail. So, Yeah, anyone who made it to this point, tweet us out. We'll, we'll continue yeah, we'll, the conversation. We'll talk, we'll talk more science. We'll make it a little more structured, too. Maybe, I don't know, maybe not. Who knows? But... Um, but yeah, thanks for sticking with us, guys. Thanks for listening to episode number five, and there'll be more soon. We'll have more guests soon as well. So uh, we'll see you all later. See you guys.